What's up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 510 of the Smart Out Moment Smack Talk Podcast Hot Tags of the Week, where we'll be talking about some of the current events and rumors and news and gossip and scuttlebutt and hearsay and speculation and chatter and all the other things that are going on in the world of pro wrestling over the past few days that we feel like talking about. I'm Tony Mango, and Robert Felice is with me. Yeah, this is only episode 210 on the West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> you know, it's a joke that I've been really loving to do for, I don't know how, it's long enough now that I don't even remember when it started. I love messing with people with time zones and saying things like, it's currently 11.58 p.m. on the 10th of September, and me saying to somebody on, like, you know, mountain time, being like, oh, it's uh, 11.58 right here, is it like uh, like 10.46 there? <laughs> and for, like, the split second, they go, wait. And then it's like it takes just a moment for them to not realize that and be like, be like, oh, it's you know, it's we're heading two minutes from now. We're going to be on the eleventh. So is it like the fourteenth there? <laughs> kind of deal. Oh, I love time zones. It's a, uh, it's summer right now here. Is it winter there? <laughs> yeah. I, well, of course it is. <laughs> so wherever you are, whatever your time zone is, thanks for joining us for this edition. And, um, you know, how this normally works. We're going to run down all the hot tags. We're going to tell you our thoughts, and we want to know what you have to say. So drop a comment below. Tell us your thoughts on whatever it is that we are talking about. And while you're over there uh, leaving a the comment, then hit the like button, hit the share button to pass this along to somebody. Hit the join button if you want to take part of the members-only content and be able to digest things like when we talked about which Simpsons members would be which pro wrestlers, which was a fun conversation. And that's the same thing as you would see over on the Patreon, patreon.com slash smartoutmoment. Do the pick your poison tier if you want to request something that we've got going on like that. Hit the thanks button if you want to toss a little tip jar money our way. Go to the Tee Public and Redbubble shops if you want to pick up some merchandise. And I will tell you a little bit later on about another switch over with our Manscaped code. But I don't want to do that for the first 10 minutes of this. Lars Sullivan wouldn't appreciate it at the very least. And I'm never going to live that down. And then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do that midway through. But let's talk about some topics here. Where, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with uh, some people leaving companies? Do you want to start with some uh, PWI stuff? Do you want to start with a potential heart attack? <laughs> do you want to start uh, with Triple H's potential heart attack? It's a mine. Like, you know, it's... I, I think we'll leave the potential heart attacks for the end. Uh, let's start with PWI. Alright, so PWI 500, that came out for 2021. The number one, to spoil it for anybody who doesn't know at this point, is Kenny Omega. Number two is Roman Reigns, Bobby Lashley is number three, number four is Drew McIntyre, and number five is Kota Ibushi. I'm not running down the whole 500, I'm stopping at the top five, at least for there. I think we only know the top ten right now, if you want to just say that. No, according to uh, this list that I'm looking at, there is the full 500. Oh, all right. Well, I where seen it number five hundred is uh, Lulu pencil. The P is for pencil. <laughs> well, that's that's how uh, first and last names work. <laughs> oh, I mean, the what's P the P L for? <laughs> the P is for Oh, the P and P W I. Pencil Wrestling Illustrated. Uh, yeah, yes. Here's a quick side note that nobody will find really interesting, but I find it interesting enough. 
my uh, my first day of kindergarten, I misheard a kid's name, somebody's last name. I won't say his name, but I came home from school apparently saying, "There's a kid in my class named Pencil," <laughs> and I was like, adamantly like, "No, the teacher said his name is Pencil. It's not at all." <laughs> but I was just like, uh, you know, this kid's name's Pencil. So seeing somebody named Lulu Pencil, I'm like, "There's somebody out there named Pencil, even if it's a fake name." There you go. There it is. You know. you know what? The most shocking thing, I'm going to pick a random number here, is that Big E is number 13 on the PWI. Keith Lee is 24. Like, did he even, what did he do over the last calendar year? There are some people that I've never heard of in my entire life. So I, of course, can't rank like uh, Suwama, number 18. I have no idea who Suwama is. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. And I can't tell you anything about like, specifics for i don't know say uh lee moriarty he just got signed to aew i have not seen a single match of his so he's number 47 i just want to know like how is a guy like pete dunn number 500 or even like i'll be he's number 100 oh wait okay that's not that i was gonna say that seems really weird um but like how do you have Pete Dunn 100, but Keith Lee is 24 when it's like Keith Lee didn't do anything? Now, I'm not going to get all worked up about the PWI. Look, Twitter yeah. did that. I like A lot of people put a lot more stake into this than I think you necessarily need to, but it is kind of curious when like... I into anything. Like, I mean, a bun, a, a baked potato. Like, steak goes good <laughs> with everything. But like, steak I don't really? want to put a lot of steak in this because let's be real. Like, it's a work. I think that's what makes it cool is that it's a work because there's not enough worked things in wrestling media now because so much of it is behind the scenes stuff. But like Kenny Omega had a great year. He held like 50 different championships. By default, he has to be, you know. Yeah, he makes sense to be number one. And it's funny, um, Matt Hardy had guessed the top couple. On some BTE thing, he had said, like, you're the best wrestler in the world, followed by Roman Reigns and Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre or something. And it's like, yep, that's exactly what it was. But there are some that I still think are like, huh, really? Like, Rich Swan's number 10? Yeah, I guess he did have a strong beginning of the year in Impact. He did win the belt at Bound for Glory last year. That is still their big event. Uh, that's starting at 10 p.m. this year. Hey, what's up with that? Because uh, it's the fucking Saturday Night Dynamite. Huh. So they're just like, well, we're not going to get people watching that because they'll watch a TV show instead. That's so, and that's so like, that whatever. I guess so. But like, uh, Finn Balor's number eight. I don't think Balor should be that much higher. He had a good year in NXT, though. Did he? He did. He only... Uh, Wrestled like three times, didn't he? What did he champion by Halloween? What did he win the belt? Remember yeah, when he, yeah, he, he was champion, but he got injured, so he spent like the next like two months not wrestling? Yeah, but he still had a great match, and he had like a great uh, Iron Man with, you know, two guys and a guy that's not even in the company anymore, and then he won the belt in a match for the guy who's not even in the company anymore. I mean, like, Finn Balor had a great year. Kyle O'Reilly, I think it's like number 50. Yeah, number 50. I'm going to put him a little bit higher. Um, I'd put Randy a little bit higher. 
I bet I'm I'm a huge, huge, huge mark for Randy. Like, I think Randy's one of the best in the world. There's somebody named Shun Skywalker. Wonder who is uh, more of a Skywalker, that person or Ray? Uh, it's clearly that person because hashtag last Jedi sucked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, there's a lot of on this list that just like, yeah, whatever, you know. Again, like it's not the most important thing in the world, but it is kind of neat I to mean, see where some people rank. You know what I will say? I'll flip it. Fuck those people that are just like, oh, it's just a number. Uh, don't get all worked up if you're on the list. Like, let the fucking people be excited that they're on the list. Stop killing people's fun. Yeah, Braun Strowman got excited. He's like, look, if this is the highest that I've ever been ranked, and I didn't even wrestle for half the year. Like, <laughs> that's a good way to approach it. <laughs> and I, and I've been, you know. I guess if it's based off of from Mania last year to like January or Mania last year to Mania this year, Braun Strowman could be out there. He had a good year. He was Ballard thirty something, there. I think. Uh, he's no twenty-seven. Let me let me see what just I can above get to... Walter and just below MJF. Um, looking at the voting cutoff for the PWI 500. Yeah, because it's also important to remember, it's not that it was last week. So anything that happened over the past two weeks or so, like, you know, it's not like uh, Seth Rollins beats Edge tonight and it's like, oh, he just beat Edge. Why is he higher up? You know, like that kind of deal. And it's all uh, over the place, too. You got people from, like, every possible company. So when you start comparing people on different rosters, somebody who's high up in AEW, somebody's high up in WWE, somebody who's high up in New Japan, suddenly the number one ranked on all of those companies, they can't all be number one. So you take the number one guy, even if you did a, the number one guy, the number one in one company and another one, you're doing one, two, and three. So it's The July number two guy has to be already number four or five or six. You know? it's, it's July of 2020. To June of 2021. Okay. So with that context... So prior to SummerSlam. So with that context in mind, it makes perfect sense that, you know, it's Kenny and Roman because they've objectively had the best runs. It makes sense that Braun Strowman would be that high because he was Universal Champion. It makes sense that, you know, uh, Rich Swan would be number 10 because he was impact champion throughout a majority of that time. Uh, Makes sense why Christian's not higher up on there. (laughs) Yeah, like Christian's not higher up on there. Edge isn't higher up on there. Uh, Quite frankly, Adam Cole isn't as high as I would put him. Seth Rollins isn't as high as I would put him. So a little bit more of that makes sense. You got, you know... Uh, you got Dominic Mysterio at 147. He was not ranked last year. This is first year on the PWI, and he's just coming in at the top 200. Uh, Leon Ruff in the top 200. Good for them, yeah? The very lowest was that Lulu Pencil. Um, Hornswoggle got to 494. Ryan Nemeth, 491. Matt Cardona, just shy of 300. At 297, 300 was Mike Bennett. Um, you got people four. on there, too, that are like, uh, you know, um, 
Killer Kelly. Jordan Grace. Yeah. So it's an interesting list. Check it out if you want to check it out. Um, hey, Grayson Waller's on the list, even. I mean, shout out to Flapjack, who's at 378. You know, like, <laughs> good for Flapjack. So check it out if you are interested in that. And, uh, you know, I don't know if we'll ever make some kind of smart cop moment list kind of like we that. Will. But we did do the tier list. So check that out that we did. You know damn well that we will. And Mabel will be like number <laughs> 25. Well, we do have our upcoming all time roster thing. We have lots of roster related stuff because next week we're going to be hopefully doing the AEW tier list stuff. So hey, if you quiz, what number is Jimmy Lloyd without looking? Uh, let's go 408. 258. Wow. OK. Good job, Almost a halfway mark. Where's a uh, comma? Uh, is Nick Camarado on the list? Let's find out. Nick? No, he's not. Hmm. Next year. I see WRC. That's a name that I didn't recognize until recently. So, uh, it's a big, big cast. cast. He's 70 tall. Somebody taught him that. Uh, no, you can't. <laughs> Let's go to some talk about some people with going outside of companies and stuff. Um, we're going to start off with Evan T. Mack, no longer in WWE. Yeah. Yeah, poor, uh, you don't watch the bump, but poor Kayla goes, I'm here with Matt Camp and Evan T. Mack. I mean, right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> she did that. <laughs> like, first day. Like, just, oof. Just so used to uh, saying it. Yeah, reflex. But yeah, I, mean, T-Mac, I liked him. He was clearly more of like the, I got personality. I'm going to try to work my way up into a more of an on-screen role. Right. Um. Yeah, I wonder why he split. He's actually working with The Ringer, which is like the Spotify thing that <clears throat> signed WWE to an exclusive podcast deal. So while he may no longer be on air for WWE. I'm sure he'll still be working with them in some capacity. Popola and Matt Camp have been I mean like Kayla does her stuff on like SmackDown and whatnot, but like Camp and Popola really kind of like made that their own in a lot of ways. And they've been the ones that have been a part of the Ultimate Show and they've got a great chemistry together too. Like I really like that pairing. I want them to kind of stick around for a long, long time. Popola uh, then they it would be silly of them to fire Popola at any point. He's so passionate. He's you so listen passionate. to Popola mark out over something, it's going to make you more interested. It's Because like, he just I, loves I, everything. He's just Somebody will be like, hey, we're having our 18-3 match of I don't know, uh, Ricochet against uh, Cedric Alexander and he'll be like, it's going to be a great match and like all this is sort of like I mean, it's like, it, it's me when I'm going to have a good day. It's, right, it's you want a good day, Popola. It's like, you know, yes, I'm so excited for this. I am sad, quick sidebar, that I wasn't on the All Out show. Because you know I lost my mind at the end of that show. Where's my mind? You know, like, Adam Cole, we'll we'll eventually talk about it. But, man, I'm so excited. Well, we do have that Adam Cole thing on this list. But before I do the Adam Cole story, I I want us talking about another WWE cut. The backstage crew and the downgrade in the catering. 
I'm not sure I'm aware of this. So this is something that I don't know how uh, 100% reliable it is, but it's something that's been put out there. So, you know, I guess like with anything, take it with a grain of salt. Supposedly their backstage crew is down to like one team. So now it's like people have to do the job of like multiple people and that that's going to push everything further back and everybody's going to be more frustrated and running around like crazy. And supposedly their catering is going to go downhill and that they are using more of like the arena catering for the meantime, and they're going to get with a cheaper caterer. And if that's no. all true, then no, you're making record profit. Uh huh. <laughs> if that's true, yeah. that is absolutely ridiculous. Cause it's just like, to take another thing off the list of a reason why people would want to hang around the company, right? Like, are they going to tell people to start brown bagging it? <laughs> where it's like they are worth a certain amount of money, but they don't actually have a certain amount of money to spend. You know what I mean? Whatever happened to the whole switch over from the Stanford headquarters thing? Oh, they're still doing that. It's supposed they're to take out. a lot of money and a lot of time, right? Yeah, and they're still pushing ahead with that but this has to be one of those things where it's like okay they borrowed against something so now they're playing with a deficit has to be what it is i still think that they're selling i know that like nothing's come out about it and a lot of people do the whole like oh well we're not really selling or whatever but how many times do we hear the whole don't believe what you read on the internet that it ends up happening. And then they go, yeah, well, we couldn't say it, you know, like the whole edge is like, I'm not coming back for the Royal Rumble. And then he comes back and he's like, oh, well, they said it, but I didn't want to, you know, like, well, I'll say this. I don't want to speculate too much, but we will talk about a certain topic later that makes you really wonder about the future future of the WWE. Once we start talking about Stormbreaker. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> um, I hope that this catering thing's not true, but I figured I'd put it out there just in case because it's another topic that's leaning towards why wouldn't Kevin Owens want to leave? Oh, which he has tweeted out the GPS coordinates for Mount Rushmore, which is a tease of uh, his stable over at uh, PWG, and With Adam Cole and the Young Bucks. Adam Cole and the Young Bucks, and they had. Uh, he also switched his location to almost there, and the Young Bucks Park switched Park. to there. <laughs> and his contract is coming up at the end of January. They had restructured contracts to this whole new setup with whatever switches they did, where his multi-year deal that he signed in 2018 is actually going to be up next year. And it seems like it's almost a guarantee that Kevin Owens is going to go to AEW. First of all, subscribe to Fightful Select. Sean Ross Sapp does amazing work. Subscribe to Fightful Select. Second of all, my lord, am I glad I can openly talk about this. <laughs> I So we do get a little bit of a heads up on things. Not like a tremendous one, but we get a little bit of one. And be honest, you know who's winning WrestleMania in 10 years? Oh, God, I wish. <laughs> I'd, I'd be playing DraftKings. You kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but honestly, this this is a no-brainer, right? Kevin it Owens felt like it was a guarantee go. before any of this before happened. Before you even knew, yeah. Because like, he's been doing, like, nothing. And like I've been saying this for, I don't know, two years now, where I'm like, they're wasting Kevin Owens. He is one of their best guys. 
and he just seems like he's going through the motions because it's like this babyface thing's not working out all that well, and they don't give him anything to sing his teeth into. The best thing he's yeah. been doing the past couple of months has been when he was giving a little bit of money to Corbin. Yeah, Kevin, Kevin Owens. So like AEW can't sign everybody. Kevin Owens has to be signed. Mm-hmm. And look, it sucks to be in a position where they might have to release certain people to make room for certain people. But if one of those names is Cesaro, <laughs> I won't be too sad. <laughs> quite frankly. Like, when you got some people that are like that, do you think that WCW back in the day would have thought twice about bringing in Shawn Michaels and getting rid of like Horace? <laughs> you know, right. like, you know, like, I've started to think about, like, yeah, I want Cesaro to go. Yeah, I want Bobby Roode to go. Yeah, I want want Ziggler to go. I might be the only one, but I want Ziggler to have an actual wrestling run. I want him to have a run, you know? And I'm hoping, like, if he can go somewhere else, maybe he'll feel excited about potentially wrestling. Because right now he feels like he's going through the motions. But Kevin Steen will go, and it'll be great. And he'll immediately be a made man because he has made programs with Brian Danielson, Adam Cole, the Young Bucks, uh, Jericho. Yeah, like he's got made programs with so many people. I've got an article coming out in the next couple of days that I'm mostly finished, but I was going to originally write top five people I'm looking forward to seeing if Owens goes to AEW, and I ended up with a list of 25 <laughs> And then I went, uh, I got to scale this down a little bit. So it ended up becoming a list of top 10 where I actually do about 15 on the top 10 because there's a tie of like Darby and Jungle Boy and Sammy and Starks where I'm just like, I just all of them tied because I don't want to not include them on the list. That kind of deal, like, completely cheating on the list. But Owens is, like you said, he's a made man if he goes over there. He is way too good to be not a featured player in WWE and they dropped the ball with him. Now there is a chance that this doesn't work out that way, but look at every other scenario so far, every other person that's been like, well, maybe they resign and whatever. No, they go to AEW or they go and leave and go somewhere else or something. And he's not going to go to like, I don't know, say impact. He's going to go to AEW, and he's going to be a top guy there, and he would have amazing matches with Kenny Omega and with uh, Malachi Black, even, like, just redoing some of the feuds that they've done before, but doing it without WWE's stifling creativity. That's right. He's got a made feud with Malachi Black. He's got a made feud, I'm sure, with, like, probably even Cody at some point. You know, like, when you boil it down... He fought the Big Show at some point. Were they in like a fight match? Oh uh, yeah, show? something like, like that. They they got a made feud. This he fight. could kill Darby Allen. He could kill Darby Allen, and people would watch. I would love you to know? see him beat the tar out of Joey Janela in some kind of a hardcore match. That'd I really be an want amazing wrestling match. I want to see what Jericho and Owens can do, and to make up for WrestleMania. Um. He never fought Punk. Yep, it's yeah, on the list. He, ne- <laughs> he never fought Punk. Spoilers like, for my list. This is basically my list. But <laughs> and like Brian, he had the Brian's first match back was with Owens. You know, it's like 
this guy, he has to go. He has to go there. But on the flip side of that, I will say, Adam Cole going and immediately being in the elite made me go, oh, I think I understand how, even if I don't agree with it, Bret Hart ended up wrestling for the TV title in WCW. Because when you're stacked, you're stacked. And it's like right now, Adam Cole is just, you know, the uh, Mid-card guy, second tier guy in the elite. I think eventually he's got to get the bucks to turn or turn on getting. Look, if the other two guys in Undisputed Era get released, okay? Like, you know, we just start like fantasy booking. <laughs> Undisputed Era, because they were the best thing about NXT. Let's let's talk about this real quick. Adam Cole was the best thing about NXT, and they let him go. Well, outside of let's talk about this because this is another one of these stories. Their method, supposedly, to try to keep Adam Cole. I this pitch, I I, uh, is mind-boggling. The theory going around, the rumor going around, I don't know, uh, the rumor and innuendo, as Conrad would say. It started, so here's, here, before we even get into what it is, I just want to say, this started out from Ringside News, got picked up by Meltzer, and more was said by Meltzer and Alvarez, uh, Alvarez on uh, Wrestling Observer Radio. I have asked Sean Ross Sapp, he has not officially commented on this. But go ahead, because this is obnoxious. If, again, like with every story, you got to take it with a grain of salt. If this is true, their, I, their pitch was, we'll put you on the main roster, and you can be a heel manager for when we turn Keith Lee heel. And, according to the report, rumor, whatever you want to call it, they were going to change his name because there's already a Cole, Michael Cole. And the people would get confused, which is the whole Nikki Cross and Karrion Cross, and now she's Nikki A.S.H. type crap. They really, if this is true, they really think people are beyond <laughs> stupid and they couldn't tell. Look at AEW. If I said to you... uh. Page is in the main event. Are you thinking it's Hangman Page or are you thinking it's Ethan Page? Or if you say it's Page versus Cage, it's like if it's Cage and Cage and Page and Page, because there's two Cages and, and there's two Pages, and, and nobody's like freaking out about that. It is what it is. You could do a match of Cage and Cage versus Page and Page, or Cage and Page versus Page and Cage, and you know what? People would go, "Hey, cool, that match sounds pretty good." <laughs> They wouldn't go, I'm so fucking confused. Uh. And yeah, like people make jokes about like, oh, it's cage, a cage, a cage, and a cage, and Nick Cage is the referee. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Even... They, they're eating some Cajun food. <laughs> but like, nobody's that stupid, man. Come on. For like, somebody to go through years of NXT where it's Adam Cole, baby, and then everybody goes, oh, well, we can't call him Adam Cole because then people might think he's related to Michael Cole. Shawn Michaels and Triple H love this man. How are you going to tell me that you can't find anything for this motherfucker to do on the main roster? 
I don't how know insulting is it to be in that scenario where they would essentially say, we like Keith Lee's size, but think he has no personality. We think you've got great personality, but you're small. And it's really, it gives off this impression of, if we could merge you two, we would have a big guy who can talk, and then we would have a small guy who can't talk that we would fire. That's basically what they would say. And it's like... In that process, you just told two of your guys that could be main event guys that are popular. They were main you told them both that they're NXT. that they don't measure up. Yeah, like why wouldn't they want to leave? You don't tell somebody that. Like, get over the idea that it has to be a certain thing. Was it Foley or was it somebody else that said oh, it was Foley. Sam Punk? No, it was well. Foley's been doing some other stuff, but Punk is the one that had said. I don't get Orange Cassidy, oh, but yeah, when I hear great. people go crazy, I think, fuck yeah. Okay, I cheap plug for a podcast. Go listen to the second round of CM Punk on Rene Paquette's oral sessions. He is so blunt and so forthwith that, like, this guy says what he means and means what he says. Like, he just gets it. And I like that he flat out said, look, I, I love JR, but I, I don't get Orange Cassidy. And it's not for me to say, I don't get it, so fuck him. It's, all right, the place is going nuts for him. So I guess we're doing that. You know, it's that's that easy. And that doesn't mean that you have to like him. And you can admit, I, I don't get it, you know? And, and for a company that. that beats the drum so much of, as long as they're making noise, it doesn't matter if they're cheering or booing, you would think, well, they're making noise, let's go with that. And instead it's, well, they're not making the noise that we want them to make. Oh, Cultaholic did an interview with Mojo, where Mojo says, oh, WWE uses social media to see who's over and who isn't. And somebody quote tweeted that with, oh yeah, then what about this? And it's all just articles of Naomi trending. And they're like, why aren't they doing anything with Naomi? It's that selective type of thing of like, well, we want to look for the bias, I guess, of like, if it goes with the narrative we want, then it's proof. If it goes against it, well, then that doesn't matter. You know, people do that kind of crap all the time. And it seems like that might be the case, but it's like, how do you say to Cole? Again, if this is true, it might not be. We don't know. We weren't down there in the fucking room, but... How do you say to Cole, listen, pal, we really want to keep you. We'll give you this great contract. Don't you want to be in the big leagues? Don't you want to be in WWE? Don't you want to be a heel manager because we don't think that you should wrestle because we think that you're tiny? <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, okay, well, then he just goes, fuck you then. I'll go to the company that isn't going to say that about me. And like, okay, there. let's play devil's advocate for a second because that's what I do. There is an argument that can easily be made that Adam Cole is small. Yeah. And he's like, he, compare him to Randy Orton. He's going to look smaller. It's just like a fact. I, he's not as tall. I wasn't <laughs> on the All Out show, but Punk looked real big compared to Darby Allen. Right. But we know Punk isn't a big guy. Um, it doesn't matter, though. Adam Cole exudes charisma. Adam Cole is a star to the point, to the point where Johnny Gargano wrote like this touching goodbye on social media. Champa said something. Um, who's the other one I was thinking? Xavier Woods was like, I 
spent 20 minutes crying over the status of an Uno game because they won't be doing that anymore. Like, sad. It's Adam Cole should have been in the main event of WrestleMania years ago. They should have called it the Undisputed Era years ago. And now that it's over, I can gladly say that when they split the Undisputed Era, you knew it was over. Pretty much. You knew it was over. And now looking back six months later, yeah, it was over. It's really just like, again, mind-boggling is the word to use because it's just, man, nothing's going to change unless things change, you know? And now it's like, let's talk about the well, there's another NXT. person who uh, is potentially leaving WWE too. That keeping the train going on that Angel Garza. Oh, he tweeted yeah. out uh, an hourglass and a little eyeball emoji, like waiting basically for when his time is up, which you yeah, can well, only really take as I'm waiting for my contract to come up because I'm not doing jack shit. And once I can leave, I'm going to leave, and I don't blame you, him either. Do you blame him, Andrade? Uh, fucking Vega and Garza carried Raw through a pandemic. Mm-hmm. How do you disrespect these people? How it was you- those three, Bianca and the Street Profits, for like nine matches a week. <laughs> and they were paired with Randy at one point. They were doing like three matches a show at one point. How do you disrespect them? It's the same thing. It's like, how do you disrespect Bailey by going, we don't have anything for you at Mania? At what point do we stop saying, uh, like, if if I had one question to somebody in charge of WWE right now, Nick Khan, let's say, if I was to interview Nick Khan, I'd say, what is more important to you? Staying on the legacy train or growing that brand to a new level and adding to that legacy because you can milk the legacy forever and that's what they're choosing to do right now but you, you can't milk it forever because you don't have as many people anymore i disagree and you, you if you don't build up new stars then there's no stars to be able to continue to be the legacy people in a bunch of years well what i meant when i said you can milk the legacy is I, I'll spend all day watching The Simpsons on Disney+. Plus. I understand that once we hit season 15, we're, we're, we're done here. But, hey, there's, there's it's still going, and there's still a nugget every now and again that you'll go, oh, yeah, The Simpsons. That's what WWE is right now. You mean it's like <laughs> uh, you think that they're trying to take an approach of we're like baseball, where once you're a fan, you're a fan forever, and you might not watch every game, but you're probably going to watch it for the rest of your life. That kind of deal. Right. And Drew McIntyre may not be Sammy Sosa or Mark McGuire, but he's good in his own right. Well, if he's going to be like Mattingly, you better trim those fucking sideburns. <laughs> was it Mattingly or was it somebody else? I think it was Mattingly, right? It is Mattingly. <laughs> <laughs> Who is, all right, so if we're doing the Simpsons thing again, who's Ken Griffey Jr.? <laughs> oh, Ken Griffey Jr. So that would have to, have to be somebody of importance. I'd say maybe like a like a brat, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh man, Simpsons are great. But uh 
it's just uh, you know it's another story but it's but i think that that's what they're doing now i think they're just like we are wwe by our library by our history by my book (laughs) (laughs) 10 points if anybody gets the reference to that i won't even say it and you know like (laughs) and it's it's just just the same thing where it's like hey tony you want to watch uh in your house and you might say yeah we'll sit down and watch in your house and go god remember when it was fun Hmm. but here's why AEW works because it actually is fun. Yeah, it's, it's it's fun now. It's fun now. <laughs> and you can look at it now and go, my God, they've got Punk. They've got Danielson. They've got Cole. They've got the Lucha, the Lucha Brothers. Also Lucha Dragons. Um, they got Brandon Wilson, for fuck's sake. They got Brandon Wilson. <laughs> got the legend. <laughs> Somebody's <laughs> like, who the fuck are these artists? And you're not going to know. Um, <laughs> so it's like they got everybody they could ever want and they're in the middle of a boom and how can you not get behind this company by the way you know it's all about the boom it's all about the boom i've had that stuck in my head yeah uh, it's so good (laughs) i give him a lot of credit that theme song is very good he'll time that boom right one of these weeks and it'll be this the big explosion right but uh, by the way they beat raw in the demographic yep they beat Raw. I don't care if it was only by 3,000 people. They beat Raw in the demographic. On a Wednesday Six, night? 681,000 on Wednesday to 678,000 on Monday. They beat Raw. And you, some people go, well, it was a holiday. And I don't care. Like, you, you got beat. You know why? Because you don't have anybody that anybody cares about watching. We just did the breakdown of the men and women's roster. And my takeaway on those podcasts was, oh, this isn't the roster I thought it was. And what can you say? What can you say? It's, it's not as good as it could have been. And right now, because here's the, here's the reality of it. We were all cool with the idea of AEW being Mox, Jericho, Bullet Club, and a bunch of guys, from the indie scene. And WWE saw the stack roster, great NXT, all that shit. Tide turned real quick. Real quick. And what do you do now? Well, you move on to the next hot tag. That's what you do. Which this one, a little bit just more on the fun side of things. And I'm going to mention it because it's, uh, it's just an interesting conversation. Randy Orton had put out a tweet where he oh was wondering, God, yes. could Stormbreaker, Thor's uh, axe that he uses in Infinity War and Endgame, and I'm assuming probably he'll use in Thor 4, Thor Love and Thunder, since that's such a powerful weapon, could that decapitate Wolverine with his adamantium skeleton? So CM Punk had tweeted back, yes. I think no. I I think... If it was going to happen, it would have happened in a storyline at some point by now. And I'm going to say no, because he's got the pretty sweet regeneration abilities. 
To the best of my recollection, the only things that have really done anything to Wolverine, and yes, I know that this is where fanboys talk, but that's the point. Okay. Uh, to the best of my recollection, the only thing that that's happened with has been when Magneto's sucked all the adamantium out of his skeleton, or if other adamantium was there, because it's like, you know, you got to use use a diamond to cut something. You don't use a rock, that kind of deal. Well, diamond is a rock, you know what I mean. Uh, but like... I don't think Stormbreaker's uh, powerful enough for that. And I like the cross-company synergy of, like, Punk responding to Orton with that. They probably had a DM session back and forth, because they can't do it publicly, because then both companies would be like, hey, what's going on here? Well, AEW probably wouldn't care. But WWE would be like, oh, don't acknowledge him, he doesn't exist. And uh, I, I like that idea that they could just be having this conversation back and forth of just like, well, nah, he's with <laughs> that kind of thing. I've had plenty arguments with people of well, uh, you know, could Batman beat, uh, I don't know, say like Silver Surfer? Then it's like, yeah. Well, how much prep time is Batman getting? Like that kind of deal. Well, I, I, first of all, I think uh, on the whole, anybody is going to beat Silver Surfer. Uh, Silver Surfer is powerful. So, what are you talking about? I no. <laughs> that if Batman has two minutes to but if, think, but if it's Batman, it's a different story because he's the goddamn Batman. I mean, yeah, like, uh, sure. Uh, Modoc isn't going to beat Silver Surfer, but <laughs> it's Batman, damn it. <laughs> I, I, I might even go as far as say Martian Manhunter might destroy Silver Surfer. But it's Batman. You know, like, uh, no, Batman's going to take care of it real quick. <laughs> and I liked this, though. And of course, if you are more interested in some kind of discussions like that, head on over to fanboysanonymous.com and check Let out different things about that, that. Into this October, there's an interactive movie coming to Netflix where the New Day are trying to escape the Undertaker's haunted mansion. And damn it all to hell. There are three things I'm looking forward to in October. Your wedding, this movie, <laughs> and the Injustice movie. And the, they may not necessarily be in that order. All due respect, this sounds amazing. <laughs> well, there's also the new Bond film coming out in October. A, oh, October. So, you know, beginning of October, you're going to get another edition of A Review to a Kill over on fanboysanonymous.com. If you've been checking that out, that's been a great series we've been having a lot of fun with. And I think today the uh, the Bond Girls ranking list went up. We're, yeah, yeah, I think it was the Bond it Girls went one. Up today and you were so... That's right. Yeah, because I had a brain <laughs> fart where I'm like, "Oh, somebody put up something about the Bond girls. I'm gonna watch that video later." Oh wait, it's mine. <laughs> you know, I, there really is no time to die come October because there's a lot of good shit. Yeah, so that's all happening. Apparently, there's gonna be a Wolverine video game. Like, oh know. my god, PlayStation uh, for transitioning into fanboys for five more seconds. PlayStation showcase happens. Wolverine is getting a game made by Insomniac, same people who did Spider-Man. Spider-Man's getting a Spider-Man 2. With Venom. With Venom. With that. <laughs> Venom. Like, just, just come on. Like, it, are you not excited? Like, cool good shit. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> and we still are bound to, at some point this year, get a trailer featuring Tobey Maguire. Supposedly, it's happening in October. <laughs> so, uh, 
you know, one more thing from fanboys. Now you're not you're a little bit older than me, but did you see that Steve from Blues Clues yeah. <laughs> has has entered our lives again to say, Hey, I left abruptly and I just want to tell you that I never forgot about you. And an entire generation, myself included, just went, oh my god, I feel healed. A lot, Like, I never watched Blue's Clues as a kid, but a lot of people that I know were like, yeah, I really needed that. And I'm like, I didn't watch it, so it didn't mean anything to me. I'm still needing that. Can I have, like, a, I don't know, the guy from Nick Arcade tell me that? Or can I have Mo from Guts be like, you know, here's a couple points. <laughs> Like, that's it was such an amazing video, and kudos to Nickelodeon for putting that out. <laughs> but back to wrestling. So, if you want to know what Randy Orton's up to lately, he's wondering about Wolverine, and that that makes uh, Randy Orton even cooler. And uh, you know what? One of the things about Wolverine that's really cool is the old Snicket. He's got those uh, adamantium claws. And if you're thinking about shaving down below, thankfully you don't have to be in Wolverine's situation because you could use something over on Manscaped. Manscaped.com slash smark is where you're going to want to go. Our code has changed. Now it's a vanity URL, as it is called. So smark is not the code to use anymore. Smark20 is not the code to use anymore. It might actually still be active when you're listening to this. I'm not sure when it's going to switch over entirely. But I know, at least for right now, if you click on over at manscaped.com slash smark, it will pop up. You will see it on the screen here. I've got a couple different uh, still images that are going to be cycling through. And one of them, probably at this point, it's already popped up. I don't know. It'll depend on when I'm editing it. With... Uh, if you go to that, it'll say it at the top of the screen that you will get your 20% off and your free shipping, same as it's been. But yeah, look at that. It's a little bit easier to remember. Manscaped.com slash smart. And with their advanced skin safe technology for the lawnmower 4.0, the fact that the uh, nose trimmer, the weed whacker has not cut any of our noses or anything like that. And you know that that's built really well too. You're not going to be in a situation like Wolverine where every single time he popped out those claws, it hurts. And he ends up, you know, a bloody mess. Nope. You're just going to be able to shave things, put those deodorants and crop cleansers and everything on, and you'll be uh, ready to go. And it'll seem like you're somebody who should be in the X-Men <laughs> just because, wow, isn't this extraordinary? Very good. <laughs> So, if you are interested in checking out everything over on manscaped.com, make sure that you are also adding slash smark to it before you start going through your order. And when you pick it up, you should see the code on there. And, uh, you know, let them know that you came over from us. And we want to thank anybody who does pick up anything like that, because that helps us out, too. You should have boxers. You always need a pair of boxers. You always need a shirt. Get something. Use the code smark. Use the vanity URL slash smark. It, it just help us out, and we'll thank you, and your balls will thank you. And isn't that really all you need in life? <laughs> Is that like a checklist of just like, there's like food, shelter, water, balls thanking you, that kind of deal. And, and Steve from Blue's Clues. Steve saying, from Blue's Clues <laughs> telling you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, thank you to Manscaped for sponsoring us. Thank you to anybody who does use our URL over there and who gets their 20% off and their free shipping. And uh, thank you for hearing us out for this. Thank you for continuing to listen on with the hot tags because we have some more things to talk about. Speaking of Randy Orton, did you know that he has a championship match on Monday? And did you know that he has a different championship match on Monday compared well, yeah, to what was already advertised? That. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about because I knew that Randy Orton <sighs> had a championship match on Monday. I wrote that. And I wrote a whole uh, section of my Monday morning Q&A asking, hey, do you think that the tag team titles are going to switch hands? Well, apparently they're not because that's not a match that's happening anymore because WWE decided for whatever reason, I'm assuming it's because somebody said we want to try to offset NFL and a WWE championship match will draw more viewers than a tag team title match. Now we're getting the match that's supposed to happen at Extreme Rules. It's Randy Orton fighting for the WWE championship. So Bobby Lashley and MVP, the running theme of Monday Night Raw this week was them agreeing to a match for Extreme Rules so that they could get into a tag team title, essentially, tournament with this gauntlet scenario, so that they could have a match next week so he could go into that as a double champion. And they end the night with, look at that, MVP and Bobby Lashley are getting a rematch, and it's for the tag team titles, and it's happening next week. And then today on Friday, it's like, nah, actually, it's the WWE title match instead. Yeah. Have we, when's the last time we've had an episode of Raw or NXT or SmackDown where throughout that week, all three of those shows actually did what they were saying they were going to do? They didn't. They, we don't because it just doesn't exist. They just keep changing their mind and it's like, stop booking things if three days later you're already like, no, we shouldn't do that. Think ahead. That's all you have to do is just think ahead. If you were thinking of what you wanted to do for next week and you thought that the tag team titles was good and you booked this whole episode and you went through the whole episode, what made you think otherwise? If it's not good enough, why was it good enough before? Yeah. My thing is, if you advertised it, you're stuck. You, you should have to do the match because you advertised it. And it's going to be a schmas too. You know it's going to be something stupid, like Randy Orton's going to be almost having the match won, and MVP is going to cause a DQ, and then it's going to be, well, you know, this week you did that, but at Extreme Rules, it's going to be a such-and-such match, and then that way you won't be able to cause that DQ. What? Oh my god, MVP, oh, you're going to be banned from ringside, what? And it's like, God, guys, you do this every single week. Yeah. It's, it's It made me really mad, like, I, I flat out was like, that's not a thing. What are you talking about? To my boss. And it's like, I, I felt stupid and looked stupid because why would I think that this promotion would just do that? Can you tell me, Tony? Well, you would think. Logic. <laughs> but... Yeah, I know. Fuck me, right? Like, why, why would they have logic? Some other stuff that had happened on that Monday Night Raw that people had, you know, picked up here and there. Drake Maverick's back on Raw. Uh, he called himself the 24-7 final boss, and I laughed at that. <laughs> I didn't catch that. <laughs> Kudos to him. 
They, uh, uh, Jeff Hardy was in the chase, and it pissed people off. Yeah, I don't know why he's doing that. That's certainly not going to endear him to re-signing a contract down the line. They, yeah, I don't know. He they had the whole leave. thing with Flair and Nia Jax, which they basically tried to redo what had done the match before, which was like, let's try to make a shoot uh, a work and do a work shoot, and then that'll get people talking. And I have not heard a single person say anything about that match. No, because the thing about the first one was that it was real. Yeah. Duh. I did see uh, Mick Foley tweeting out the difference between Johnny Impact versus Killer Cross and the difference of Moist TV leading to John Morrison squirting Karrion Cross with that demolition gear. <laughs> and, and just like this. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, I love Mick Foley, man. Love Mick him. Mick Foley flat out put out a video. He's like, look, if I was a hot superstar on the independence, I wouldn't go to you. He's like, I'd go to the other company. The other company's better. It's like, maybe it's a circle of life, but WWE really feels like your grandpa's wrestling. You know what I mean? And when things work, they work. Like, Roman Reigns is great. Oh my god, we're going to talk about that. That was the best thing Brock Lesnar's done in years on SmackDown tonight. And if you disagree, I don't know how you could. Well, to talk about it, because we'll bounce around. We, we have other hot tags and we'll have other stuff, too. The episode of SmackDown starts off with Roman Reigns basically saying, look, WWE runs New York City, and Madison Square Garden is, like, the hub of New York City. And since WWE runs that, then since I run WWE, I run Madison Square Garden. Acknowledge me. And people go nuts, because it's like, hey, that's cool. <laughs> you know? Brock Lesnar comes say, out just a few weeks before AEW goes to New York City. Yeah, well, you have to try to push that narrative, right? Yeah. And then Brock Lesnar comes out. He calls attention to, hey, Paul, uh, why didn't you tell Roman that I was going to be up there at SummerSlam? Which causes some dissension. Fantastic. Heyman gets all psyched up and, you know, kind of seems to be leaning a little bit more towards Lesnar, who says... Well, let's, let's dissect this real quick. Heyman goes... But you're my tribal chief. I didn't know. And, it, and Roman walks away, like, all right, I'm done with your ass. And then Heyman, like a conniving lawyer, just just a snake in the grass. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Heyman, and for 20 years, I've been the advocate for Brock Lesnar. And Brock takes my microphone. He's like, I love this. Yeah, it's like old times. You got five seconds. To accept my challenge <laughs> on behalf of Roman Reigns. What? Five. And then he picks him up in the F5. Roman Reigns saves Heyman. And then Brock is immediately up. And he's grabbing Roman for the F5. Out come the Usos. Brock gets double super kick, bounces off the ropes, double clothesline. This is the best use of Brock Lesnar I've seen in years. And people eat it up. And it's good. good. It was good. Because good things are good. <laughs> and and, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you what this. Uh, to, not to sour in the note of the good thing, but souring that. Think about what happens later on. The end of the night is Roman Reigns says, "Fine, I'll fight Brock Lesnar and I'll smash him as long as I, you know, like once I get past smashing Finn Balor at Extreme Rules." Balor comes out with the whole Demon King thing, and. What happens? 
he stares at Roman, but he stares upward because he's not as big as Roman. And they just stare at each other, and that's the end of the show. Demon Apparently, Balor. after the show, Baron Corbin gets his ass kicked because that's the sacrificial lamb. Because you, you know, got to send the Grotto Mappy. Right. But it's like, how shitty does that make Balor look in response? Because it's like Brock comes out, he kills makes, everybody. He makes Heyman look like, you know, a weasel. He destroys the Usos. He ends up being on top. Roman runs away from him. Balor comes out, and it's like, Okay, the guy that I beat last week is trying to look up at me, but he's got like a cosplay thing going on, and we're just gonna stand here. See, this is why I always felt like the Prince David paint jobs, where it was just like, oh, it's a big match, so I'm gonna paint my face like the Joker, or like Venom, or like Spider Man. It's like those work better because those were just like, okay, it's a big match, we're on the same guy. In WWE, they present the character as, like, a different, it's a different being altogether. So, because of that, I think you have to do something special for Demon Valor. Like, you should have had him take out Roman, and Roman's like, oh my god, I might actually lose my belt because I got this guy who's a demon, and Brock Lesnar, who's, you know... Like they, they were very good about this with Adam Cole and NXT a few years ago when it was like, oh shit, and here's Keith Lee, and oh shit, here's Tomas Ciampa, and oh shit, here's Balor. Like, do that. You know? Do that. And instead it's just blatantly obvious. It's like, alright, well, once Balor's out of the way because he, was, he doesn't really matter at Extreme Rules, then we'll get into the match that we really care about. It's like, man, poor Balor. And you, you know, know? <laughs> it's going to be a Saudi Arabia match. Yep. Which I'm okay with, but I also think Brock might actually win. Not I, I don't yet. think so, but I mean, we'll talk about that when we get closer he's to the more, He's got more of a chance than anybody else. That uh, was some SmackDown stuff. Uh, just to, you know, quickly breeze through some other stuff. Seth Rollins and Edge, great. Fantastic. Street Profits and Usos, great match, too. Fantastic wrestling match. I actually heard so many complimentary things about this SmackDown. The only negative I heard was that there was no women's match. And I'm sorry, but if the majority of people are excited, you might need to take that out. I loved uh, Sami Zayn doing his stuff. I don't know anything about Trey Young, but just getting the crowd all riled up. The crowd was great for this episode. Oh, yeah. Thank God New York City actually brought the heat. Because they were really, really good. I don't know anything about Trey Young either, but people who do were very excited and think he was used very well. Hmm. I got nothing to talk about for NXT UK. Uh, um, yeah, no. Just one of those shows. They did a replay. It was a good portion of the night. Nothing really to talk about 205 Live, except for the fact that 205 Live is not 205, nor is it live anymore. Um, well... Wait, uh, Katarina was in the ring. Yeah, Katrina Cortez. Uh, she had lost to Valentina Feroz. And, um, you know, Odyssey Jones and Trey Baxter beat Joe Gacy and uh, Josh Briggs. 205, baby. Little Dusty Rhodes kind of in there. <laughs> um, 
let's backtrack to another story, though. Uh, you talked about Crown Jewel. It seems like we know even more now about what's going to happen with that. More updates on the idea that King of the Ring and Queen of the Ring or the Queen's Crown Tournament, whichever they decide to go with, that that will probably start pretty soon and lead to that. Makes sense. No, we also know because I don't want to watch the damn Queen's Crown Finals with the women wrestling in giant shirts because it's Saudi Arabia. Uh, there's that, but that gives it some kind of special feel instead of it just being like, well, isn't it so great that it's Lacey Evans versus Natalia and it's happening? You we know? don't have an October pay-per-view nope. outside of Crown Jewel. Just do, do a one-night tournament. Do a one-night Queen's Crown. Or something. Yeah, they're probably not going to do that. No, they're not. <laughs> so that's happening. We know a little bit more about the draft. That's going to be happening at the beginning of October. Yeah. The only thing I look forward to in the October timeline. October, man. Uh, if I had to guess any definitive moves, I'd say Drew to SmackDown. It seems like a given. Yep. He, to me, is one of the few that I think is guaranteed to move. I think a lot of people are going to stay where they are, but I think that you're going to see Aaliyah moved up to the main roster. I'm starting to think that Raquel is going to move up to the main roster. Who do you think we... she loses the... You think she loses it to Monet? I think she loses it next week to Frankie Monet. Because think about this. Out of nowhere, that match is happening already. They really, like, they've teased it very, like, subtly. Not, actually, not subtly. I mean, it's there's nothing really subtle in WWE. In professional wrestling, in general, it's like, you know, hey, the, uh, the person was looking and stalking me backstage, and the camera zoomed in, and then nobody did anything about it. You know, like, that kind of deal. But they really kind of just like, eh, let's go back to this. Let's go back to this every once in a while. And then now it's, hey, it's happening next week. And this next week is going to be a show that they are looking at as like this big relaunch of NXT. We got a wedding going on there, which we know, of course, isn't going to be like never works out. Oh, how do you think that ends? That's tough, though, because I don't know. They can't have like just a brawl. Because what's the use of that? And Candace can't be doing any kind of thing like that. If we just go back to Johnny Gargano is upset with Extra Loomis, then... Nothing's changed. I don't know. Yeah, like that's one of the... You know how they always tell the story, supposedly, that they had nothing for the Stephanie and Tess wedding, and then China blurted out, oh, well, why don't you marry her? And they were like, oh, thank God, because we had nothing for the wedding. I wonder if they have anything for this wedding. You know? I wonder if, like, there's even a plan here, because Johnny's not a champion, Dexter's not a champion. I don't see them going through with a wrestling wedding. Yeah, because that so too, if it's just that they have the wedding thing and it's like da 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 and I, I do, I do. Oh, and I'll pronounce you husband and wife. And it's the end, then it's just like, well, isn't that great? <laughs> it's kind of something has to happen. But I, I think as far as like just straight up bits that will be played out during the wedding. Either the whole thing is silent, or Dexter never shuts up. <laughs> That'd be kind of funny if he's just very, very talkative. 
he starts cutting his vows at the beginning of the night, and then they're like, we gotta go, we gotta start having matches and stuff, and he's still doing it. I'm very interested to see how this plays out. But I think that the wedding thing on its own is not enough to make, to, to make it seem like, wow, we are making this big difference, and NXT is this whole new era. But a title change, it's a different story. I do agree with you there. I also think we're getting new belts at some point to go along with the new logo and aesthetic. And it could very well be Frankie Monet. Right now at like, uh, well, now it's one o'clock in the morning uh, on the 11th. But right now I'm leaning towards Frankie winning. And I think that that means that Raquel is going to go up to either Raw or SmackDown. I'm thinking probably more so along the lines of Raw. But that could play into the draft. And we could see, we could be in a position where at this point next week when we're doing the hot tags, we go, okay, wow, we know almost nothing about what they're planning on doing in the future. Or, well, it's pretty obvious they have to go here, here, and here, kind of. I'm thinking we're going to know almost nothing because it is a hard reboot. And I don't know if that's good or bad. You so know, like, God. If we're talking about the future of NXT, we got to talk about Triple H. Okay. So Trips went some, uh, underwent some surgery for a cardiac event for a genetic heart issue, which we, of course, are interpreting the way that WWE tends to word things. You know, it's not a hospital; it's a medical facility. It's not COVID, it's uh, unforeseen circumstances or whatever. Yeah. We don't know if this was like a mild heart attack or if it was just one of those like, mm, something's not right and let's get it just checked things. out. Yeah. You know, it, or it could just be he did a regular checkup and they said, it turns out that we should pay a little bit more attention to this that we know is running through your family. We don't know because they haven't said and we may never know. And it's not really our business to know. So if it, we don't know, then that doesn't matter. It is something that for a publicly traded company and for somebody who's you know, one of the leaders of this company, probably should let people know just in case. Because I would think if I were an investor, NXT's in a weird spot right now. Triple H seems like he doesn't have as much control and his health might be in question. So what is this have to make me think that the future is stable you know yeah terrible terrible news i'm hoping he pulls out of it yeah obviously I, that's like number one priority over anything else hopefully everything's okay i just hope he's happy and healthy but man it really is scary because that could have been really a lot of different things and you know, thankfully, it's just, okay, he had heart surgery, and everything's okay, because it could have been more grim, and I'm just thankful that it wasn't. So, with uh, that in mind, the NXT stuff, it's very, very uh, odd, <laughs> what's going on at the moment. Um, it's It's concerning, isn't it? Like, you've got reports coming out from Fightful Select that say, Oh, it's just going to be a scaled-down main roster that's very WWE, CW. You know, I don't want to see that. 
No, you would hope that they would have learned their lesson from there, that you can't do that and expect it to work. You can't have... Look at it this way. They don't want to admit this, but they know it. And everybody knows it. So it's not like it's just everybody but Vince or somebody would know it. Everybody knows that SmackDown is not the A show. They might have the bigger angle once in a while, but they are not, have not, and probably never will be the A show. They don't have three hours. They haven't been established as long. Your deal with uh, NBC and Peacock means more than your deal with Fox, that kind of deal. People like uh, Tony Nese, he, you know, he had left WWE however many months ago, and he had tweeted out recently talking about the 205 Live stuff, saying like, you know, I'm really excited to be wrestling somebody other than the same five people a <laughs> hundred times. And you got like Cedric and I forget who it was, maybe Ali or um, might have been Ricochet or somebody, I forget who. Um, maybe it might have been Lindsay was like, oh, you mean you didn't like our 187 match classic? And like, so they point out about like main event and about 205 Live that it's like, well, we know that this isn't an important thing for WWE. You you know that ECW was the C brand. And when it's so obvious that something is the C brand of something, you know they aren't going to put that much attention and thought into it. And if they don't care, nobody else cares. And we've been beating that drum for a while. The reason that NXT has done so well in the past is because it didn't try to be the same as Raw and SmackDown. It was the developmental show. If you had people that weren't great, people wrote it off as, well, it's developmental. Like, I remember thinking that Baron Corbin was like, I mean, I've been a fan of Baron Corbin from pretty much the start, but like, do you remember the era when Corbin was beating people in like 10 seconds? Yep. I wasn't thinking at the time, and I wasn't hearing anybody else really harping on it, oh, uh, well, he can only have a 10-second match, and he that's not going to main event WrestleMania. It was, okay, look, this guy's got a fun enough gimmick. And he's working his way towards being a regular superstar. It's totally fine to do that at NXT. It's totally fine to bring somebody into the mix like a Jesse Kamea and have her wrestle when she's not as well honed as a Bailey. And I'm not going to expect her match to be as good as a Bailey match. And if it is, then holy shit, isn't that great? Right. Like Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa and Adam Cole. And Velveteen Dream when he was there and he was having great matches. And that North American title match with the EC3 and Lars and Ricochet and whatever. Like, you get a damn good match. The revival against American Alpha, whatever. And it beats something on the main roster. It's a huge deal. But if it sucks, well, it's developmental. It's fine. So anyway, that's the NXT side of things. You want to talk about some AEW stuff? Why not? Of course. I mean, uh, well, let's talk about... Let's talk about the stuff that matters from AEW. So mostly just the Dynamite stuff. Yeah, I mean, Rampage, there wasn't too much going on on Rampage. Well, there was uh, one angle, there's... and we'll talk about it. No, let's just talk about it now that we just said that there's one angle. Uh, yeah. No more Chavo with uh, Andrade. That happened real quick. But the more surprising thing to me is that Chavo is staying with the other guy, whose name is Jose. Jose outed Chavo as helping Andrade, even though he was clearly trying to help Andrade with a stun gun, no less. 
And he's like, yeah, yeah, but Chavo, he, Chavo actually hit Pac with the uh, iPad. And when Andrade found that out, he punched Chavo, left him for dead. Lucha Bros superkicked Chavo, threw him in the ring. Pac locks in the brutalizer. And that's the end of Chavo. Do you think that this is opening the door for Ric Flair? Yeah. Me too. Which is funny. They go from Vicky to Chavo to Rick. <laughs> it's going to be like every three weeks. Andrade gets a new manager. Everybody until they hit Charlotte. <laughs> They're going to cycle through like any possible thing. It's going to be like uh, the genius pops up and uh, they get like, um, oh God, I'm blanking on this name, uh, Oscar <laughs> from Met on a Mission. Like, you know? <laughs> They'll get uh, Jimmy Hart. Jimmy Hart's still yeah. kicking. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Just kidding. Hey, you're Andrade Alilo. I love that. <laughs> and then you get Flair, and then you get the Horseman on TV. Flair was mentioned on TV tonight, because uh, Tully Blanchard and Sting are going to feud in 2021, and I'm here for it. Uh, and Sting was like, yeah, well, you rode the coattails of of, uh, of Rick Flair and Arn Anderson. And then uh, Sean Spears beat up Darby Allen. And it looks like they're going with that feud next, and I kind of like it. So on the Dynamite side of things, pretty good episode. We got some cool stuff going on there. My favorite part of the whole night, easily. Taz? Taz? You were thinking? Taz? No, Uh, not Taz. Taz breaks out in a song, and it, it stole the show for me. That one was the Ruby Soho thing. Yeah, he's just like, ah, oh, Ruby Soho. He's like, <laughs> well, I do like when he's singing uh, Jungle Boy's theme. He's just like, oh, oh, oh. he did that, but with Ruby Soho, it's like, yeah. God, he just happened to be there. Now, my favorite part was MJF's promo. Oh, of course. So fucking good. And his, his line about Pillman's mom. Oh, man. He calls her Methany. <laughs> he calls her Methany. He said he could have birthed plenty of second generation wrestlers. Unfortunately, unlike with the rest of them, she didn't swallow you. And he goes for an abortion thing and gets cut off. And it turns out that this whole thing with Pillman's sister, he's like, yeah, I don't know like, if this started it or whatever, but she's going to have her kid. She had her kid today. She had her kid. <laughs> Congrats. But Good for her. Like, a, that's a story, right? <laughs> like, look, I, I love MJF. I think the people who got hurt by the promo were asking if that was too much. Obviously, they cleared it with the family if they were going to involve the family. Right. You know? Because like, imagine the gall if they wouldn't have if MJF just came out and started saying shit like that. You know, you and you're pregnant and your mother was a methodicted whore. Like. <laughs> and they would have been like, hey, the promo, and the, when we looked at backstage, it said MJF says he's going to beat Brian Pillman Jr. <laughs> <laughs> All it said was, I'm going to beat you, buddy, old pal. <laughs> but I, I loved it. It's cool to see MJF going to a mini feud, which I assume is a mini feud, with Brian Pillman. Um, cool to see Pillman get a shot. Looks like they're gonna fight in Queens. Obviously, MJF has to win, but I'm excited to see them fight. I'm excited that there was like no real mention of the Jericho thing outside of 
yeah, he beat me, but he cheated. Moving on. Little tease that MJF and Wardlow aren't getting along as well. Oh, fun fact. I apparently have agreed to put my hair on the line if Wardlow and MJF break up before the end of the calendar year. What do you mean, apparently? You don't know that you did that? <laughs> I, you, you forget these things, but I, I was too busy watching the latest Brandon Wilson match, and apparently <laughs> I agreed to do that. Well, that wouldn't be the only hair versus hair match kind of thing, because Orange Cassidy's hair is probably going to be on the line pretty soon. Yeah, they're definitely following doing through that. with that. I like well, his, his promo too. Was Matt Hardy says he wants to shave my hair? Whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, and they had uh, Chuck Taylor whisper to him, "Matt Hardy wants to shave your hair." Yeah. <laughs> Love Orange Cassidy. He's so good. What do you think? Do you think they're going to break up MJF and uh, Wardlow yet? I'm starting to think that MJF versus Wardlow happens at full gear. See, but I keep saying no because we said that last year. Remember, after he lost to Moxley, he got pissed off at Wardlow. And then he said to Wardlow, you know, no, you work for me, I pay you. I think they're just doing a thing where it's like... Just to remind people here and there. Yeah, MJF loses and he throws a bitch fit. And then they'll get back on the same page. Which page? Page 17. Not Hangman? Not Ethan? No. Page 17. <laughs> well, we got that page and page and cage and cage. So we had that going on. Uh, we had some more uh, stuff with Dark Order. Not getting along. The Pinnacle was a, was a faction again. That's fun. What else do you want to talk about about any of these kind of stuff? Uh, uh, we didn't talk about Tim Punk. That's right, Team Punk. Yeah. Tim Punk is going to be seemingly feud with uh, Team Taz going forward. He's so happy to be alive. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? Like, he got such a reputation for being a miserable prick, and he's just so happy to be alive. Like, he's like, hey, I'm here. Who do you want me to fight with? I'm here. Some people say Moxley. Some people say MJF. It's just just great. You know what's such a good uh, dichotomy kind of thing going on? Not good, uh, I shouldn't say, but like a good example of one thing working really well, one thing not working really well. Punk has this promo, and he's basically saying, who do you want me to fight next? I want to kind of gauge the interest. Okay, Mox, okay, this person, that person. And Taz interrupts, and he goes, hey, nobody said anything about Team Taz and whatever, which is like, you know, haha, like nobody cares about you people, like that kind of thing. It's not actually like crapping on them. But around the same time, they do a thing where it's like, Oh yeah, Brian Cage, that thing's not over with. And it's like, man, Brian Cage is really just not in a good position right now. That was actually a huge discourse on Twitter because his, his wife, uh, wife, Melissa Santos, yeah, which out, is like, the basis of uh, a, uh, an article that I'm working on right now of how maybe Brian Cage is somebody that WWE can steal. I think Cage would still be stupid to leave. But I also believe that when Cage came in, he came in with a rocket to his back, mm-hmm. right? But he came in seeming like he could be the guy that could beat John Moxley, and he wins the casino ladder match, and it seems like okay, well now he's definitely going to, and he loses, and he hasn't done anything of note since then. He had the Sting match. He had Sting with the power bomb that made Sting see the light, but I think. A lot of it boils down to, to steal your phrase, 
that they didn't know how many big people they were going to have. Look at how big their roster is. It's huge. Well, here's the thing, to steal your phrase. (laughs) You can't push everybody. And sooner than later, even something like an AEW roster, which has some of the best talent that's out there in the entire pro wrestling spectrum right now, not everybody can be in the main event. Not everybody can be a world champion, especially for a company that doesn't do hot potato as much. So a guy like a Brian Cage, if I'm in his shoes, I'm thinking, look, I've been in the company for over a year. They really kind of haven't been doing too much with me. And more people are coming in. Like, you got to assume Kevin Owens. You got to assume probably Sami Zayn once his deal's up. I would think so, right? I I would assume so as well. But there's always a chance that AJ Styles does. I think AJ's done. You think he's just going to whatever. I think AJ just rides off into the sunset. Possibly. You never really know. I mean, look at how many people have come back. Edge, Christian, Brian, Reigns. I'm sure Paige is working on it. Yeah, Paige Um, is uh, working in whatever way that she can to get healed up and everything. So, and that, God, if she goes to AEW, they'll have Page and Page and Page and Cage and Cage. <laughs> Plus, uh, she wouldn't Rampage go to Page. And Rampage. But, you know, at Rampage <laughs> with her move with the Rampage. Then we could get Randy the Ram. Just, oh, yeah. Uh, Randy the Ram, Page. Yeah. But um, Cage is a guy that I'm like, I can see it. If I were WWE, I would be appealing to it. I'd be like, look, you're a huge dude. You're a big deal. What are you doing over there? They're not pushing you. We have nobody at this point. We'll definitely push you. <laughs> and I think like they would be stupid not to try to get him. But still, I think Cage would be stupid to go. Stay where where it's good right now. That would be the Titanic looking to happen right now stay where it's good i mean titanic did make a lot of money it did but it's been 84 years not since the movie (laughs) (laughs) okay thanks for stepping all over my joke asshole (laughs) i had to one up it with another one just to kind of undercut it (laughs) (laughs) now i got the song in my head which i don't care Look, that is a great song. Like, as much as it's, like, hokey and corny and ever, it's a fucking great song. Respect Isn't on it weird some Celine Dion. like, they don't make songs like that anymore that are just cut and dry. It's a mushy song. Kids these days need, uh, I don't know, WAP. <laughs> no. No, they don't. <laughs> That's apparently what they think that they need. It's crotchety old man here sitting the parents there. Parents might need the walk. <laughs> That's a weird note to end on, but I don't have any other hot takes. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's hotter than walk? I feel like there should be some sort of a response, but uh, not not as the only thing I can think. <laughs> well, well, I thought it was Bill Mata. You know, fuck Bill Mata. <laughs> But uh, that's all right. We're off the rails here, folks. The hot tags are over. <laughs> <laughs> if this is the dark cast, this would be when we were like, "All right, see you guys." We just send it like that. <laughs> but now, stay tuned for the next bunch of things that we have coming your way. Of course, there are more tier list things that we are planning on doing for the AEW roster. So we will 
find out where we would rank somebody like a Brian Cage. Not going to necessarily be all the same for you know each individual one of us, but we'll come with our uh, consensus. Well, we yeah we come to a consensus, and uh, you know sometimes you just end up like Shanky and Veer. <laughs> sometimes so sometimes an S is an A, sometimes a a B is an F. I don't know. And sometimes Raw's on Wednesdays and it's pink. <laughs> and sometimes the championship match changes. It's a it's a wacky world we're living in it's right now. It's a vicious circle. So hopefully your wacky world stabilizes over the weekend. You guys have a fun weekend, and we will talk to you next week with those kind of things, with the AEW roster tier list, another round of the hot tags, breaking down anything else that happens. Hopefully, good news. Knock on wood. I need some more good news to talk about. Yeah. And if you follow Smartout Moment all over the place at Smartout Moment on Facebook and Twitter, if you're checking us out on all the different like Spotify platforms and everything, if you're on the Patreon, if you're on the website, just go into Smartout.com, SmartoutMoment.com. They both work. Uh, you know, check out the other kind of things. You never know when another article is going to pop up or something else. And check out FanboysAnonymous.com for everything that's happening over there as well. Subscribe to that YouTube channel. Check out those fan tracks and the movie reviews and everything else that's along that spectrum of the geek culture topics. Follow me at Tony Mango. Follow Rob at Dude Felice. Yeah, follow me at Dude Felice. Uh, I don't look. I don't know if I'm gonna keep this bio ball, but for right now it says uh, best, biggest uh, Brandon Wilson stan ever, and uh, I'll never explain that. You can find that one on your own. Um, yeah, follow me there at Dude Felice. Follow me on Twitch at Dude Felice. Listen, one of these days I'm just going to pop up on Twitch and just stream, play some video games, and, like, laugh. Because laughter is the best medicine. <laughs> I'm picturing you just, like, you log on and, and you just, set up, like, <laughs> Mega Man and you're just like, ah! <laughs> like, just sort of... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to play some games and laugh. This Mega Man on the screen. <laughs> Remember laughter? It's back in sincere form. <laughs> Show us your uh, uh, your best pogs. That's right. <laughs> bring it all. Bring pogs, your slammers, bring kungis, bring everything to Twitch. Kungis? You know what kungis are? I have no idea what kungis are. Uh, I'll Google that real quick. Uh, in the comments, talk to me what kungis are. Yeah, let me know what kungis are. It sounds like it should be some kind of like snack food from another country. Like it'd be like, oh man, you know the favorite cookies in America are Oreos, but if you go over to, uh, I don't know Holland, they eat kungis <laughs> or something. You know, they're they're these things. Uh, oh, they're kungis. Uh, I said I said kungis. They're kungis. I still don't know kungis either. And a Goombas uh, from Mario. They are also of the Japanese origin. Um, yeah, so here you go. Look at this. Let's see what we got. You guys are going to get my reaction on the air. No, I have no idea what this thing is. <laughs> Popular in oh. Korea? Oh, uh, yeah. Look, they are Kyrgyz. Look, it says it, says it could be spelled Kyrgyz. I've nope. I've never seen this in my entire life. This looks like a cross between like marbles and like dice, and maybe jacks or something. 
kinda. Uh, <laughs> yeah, look, nineties were weird. I mean, everybody had those. Uh, not everybody, but a lot of people had those hats that Buff Bagwell used to wear in the Cat in the Hat. So yeah, nineties uh, was pretty yeah. weird. Yeah, pretty weird. I miss the nineties. Anyway. <laughs> you guys are gonna miss us over the next few days but we will see you pretty soon and uh hopefully you enjoy the next episode so hopefully you enjoyed this one and hopefully you enjoy whatever is happening next i don't know tell us about whatever fun you guys are going on maybe you ate a really good piece of cake or something or maybe you played with some kungis <laughs> whatever it is we will talk to you next time everybody but for now this has been another smart out moment and we are being counted out